Good morning, happy Friday, and welcome to Adam versus the Man. <clears throat> Excuse me, it is cold in here. It's like we need a new studio or something. Keep your fingers crossed, we should be moving into the Freedom Factory studio on Monday. Yes, that's right, our new building is here. CJ, could you just pull up a, a quick picture of this? This was from Premier Buildings. Normally, as in... When we're not in the middle of a global epidemic, these buildings, they, they're able to pump these out custom made uh, to order and, and pretty much any way you can customize in like two to three weeks and then delivery in a week. It's pretty awesome. And I, I, I don't want to uh, endorse Premier Buildings because I've worked with them and they got us this first building here, although I, it's been a good experience. I, I, I don't want to pretend I'm an authority on that there are some competitors in the field that do similar great work, but just congratulations, humanity. We've made it to the point where we can pump out miniature portable buildings. Like, it's it's not a big deal. And so this one uh, was a 10-foot uh, by 24-foot, $150 down, $324 a month. And I say this because if you want to be the sponsor and name the studio that we will be broadcasting from starting Monday from the Freedom Factory, that's on you. Send me an email, adamatthefreedomline.com. I know, I even got pinged on, I, I'm buying on, I got pinged on Twitter for this today. I got a fun Twitter story to it today. But it's Friday, it's Friday, and the most important thing about Friday is that we play a game on this show called, What Did Adam Miss This Week? So, this is a uh, call-in comment show primarily, but it's also, and by the way, this week has been terrible. Uh, for me actually being like really up to date on, like, I, I say up to date on the important stuff, the like the really big, timely stuff. I don't, I'm not like behind. I don't even mean irresponsible, but compared to like what I should be able to cover in a two hour news talk show, uh, we're behind this week. I got, a, I got a lot of videos pulled, or, uh, links pulled up, excuse me, articles pulled up here, uh, from, from yesterday that we didn't get to. Cause yesterday, yesterday, what do we do? Yesterday we did a three hour show. On mental health and suicide awareness, and, and I hope that was helpful for for everyone. And if you didn't go back and watch that, I mean, it really, I, I really hope that yesterday's episode represents a uh, a, a special moment, a small special moment for the libertarian movement. If, if it gets, if, if people really get through the whole thing, I don't know. Maybe it's not that good. Maybe, maybe. You know, maybe it was just a fun conversation for the hardcore Adam versus the man fans and, and people who want to get into this. The original title was uh, Statistics, Suicide, and Corona. And that's, um, it, we, we the, the, the recent fear-mongering, I mean, there was still a, a heavy news element to that of uh, deconstructing the fear-mongering that they are imposing on us right now around this virus. And it, it is absolutely critical that that we take charge and we, we the people, we the people who care about truth, we the people who care about freedom, as opposed to the authorities, we write the history. We do not let people forget the crimes of the corona crisis. We do not let this truth be swept under the rug. 
And, and, and again, you know, I, I want to be inclusive when I say this. And you're not about me, not about this show. Uh, but really, and, and, and you know, do I have the best, I don't know, good enough to get me kicked off, uh, off of YouTube for two weeks? Uh, the first video that they got kicked off, I uh, got us kicked off. I don't know, the second video that, that got, got us kicked off YouTube for the longer period of two weeks was called The Big Picture on Chrome. And it was, it was a 30 minute video of me summarizing you know, everything from the beginning off the top of my head. And what YouTube says is, you're not, you're not allowed to do that. This is crazy. So, uh, to be safe today, we, we're not broadcasting from our, our, our primary YouTube channel, but we will be broadcasting from youtube.com slash Adam Kokesh, our main media outlet for video on Monday. We have a very special show planned for you, so get ready for that. But today, today, we are giving away membership in the Producers Club. And if you go to adamversetheman.com, yeah, right there on the screen, or wherever it is in the notes, adamversetheman.com, you can, you can find a link to Patreon or go to patreon.com slash Adam versus the man. And if, if you insist, you can buy your way into the producers club. You can just give us $10 a month and you will be invited into our telegram chat. And I, I actually use this. This is, this is like my main prep for the show. Uh, and, and I'm my, my whole core team is in there. And I, I love, I gotta say, I love the team, uh, teams, the, the big team we've got back in the show right now. Uh, it, it feels really good. We're struggling, you know, to build a bigger audience right now. But it's happening. It's happening slowly. But it's happening with a dedicated core, and we're we're building the mechanisms. We're improving the pressure force. Monday, hopefully, you know, I get fingers crossed. We'll be moving into the Freedom Factory, the new studio, just across the street here, and uh, you know, and stepping up our game in production. Uh, but as I've always said, we require a, a an active and an engaged audience to make any kind of independent media venture possible. And for now, we have this incredible core team of our of uh, our, our producer, executive producer, C.J. Abernathy in South Dakota. We have Marcus Pulis, our guest booker in Indiana, our debate manager Mercedes Damertowski in Nebraska, and of course, comment Jim Freedom, our co-host. Coming to you live this morning from Phoenix. CJ, can we get Jim up on stage, please? And we'll start. CJ is our connection with the with the rest of the audience. Of course, we've also got the Producers Club. And in this Telegram chat, the five of us are in here watching this every day. And this is the one I actually watched during the show. And so today, CJ uh, is, uh, is in there. And uh, he sends out the link to StreamYard so you can actually come into an even even more exclusive backstage area where you're first aligned for calls and can comment directly to Jim and CJ managing the show live from StreamYard. Good morning. How you doing, Jim? Awesome. How you doing, brother? Excellent. Excellent. I'm just so putting the call-in link out here on the uh, in the chat with the instructions. CJ already put it out there, but he just said click the link. I always like to specify uh, that it's best to copy and paste the link directly into your browser. That gives you the best connection and use headphones if possible. And yep. you can call in audio only if you want to if your camera's back. Yep. Excellent. Excellent. Uh, so what news? 
Oh, sorry, real quick. I was just going to say uh, the first comment out the gate was an important update from I'm a statist. Blind Justice is in court currently. He's watching both streams for updates. Oh, wow. Thank you. This is awesome. Thank you, Mr. Status. Yeah, we'd love to be getting updates throughout the show. Jim, don't let us forget to check in with Mr. Status uh, towards the end, as, as we always check in with comments towards the end of the show. But that's, that's, definitely, that's definitely not something I missed. <laughs> Vincent Willis is saying, I'm so broke, but I'm just energetically supportive at this time. That's perfect, man. We love that. That's awesome, and and you know I I, I kind of want to make this a thing that like while you're watching the show you're sharing it. I mean I think everybody watching the show live if you're sitting now I, I understand that for some people you can sit and eat and just watch the show and it's visually we put in a significant effort to make the show visually engaging and you know again if it's not let us know give us the feedback if. It, you know, we, we don't play this TV game of, you know, you got to change the visual every 10 seconds. But we're, we're actually naturally pretty close to that. And CJ does an amazing job with StreamYard to, to, to bring in fresh visual content constantly into the show. But a lot of people are kind of watching or back and forth or, you know, oh, Adam's going to rant. Oh, he's doing his promos. I'm going to click over here or I'm going to go do this or or you're listening on audio only, and I totally support that. I totally get that. If you're just like, Adam, you know what? I love your message. I get 90% of the value because I'm, I'm familiar with it, you know, because I'll listen to your audio production while I'm doing chores or while I'm driving or what, you know what? That's freaking awesome to you, uh, for you too, and, and, and that's great if that works for you. I, I'm, I'm grateful for that 100%. If you say, you know what, Adam, I, I love your message. I support you. I'm 100% behind you. But, you know, I, I don't have time to consume your content. I'm, I, I, want, I have, you know, I, I have 10 minutes today, a, a day to skim the news. And I'm just going to look at Drudge Report on my social media. And, I, you know, but I support your message. Dude, I get that, too. If that, it, you know, it's kind of like, though, if you can only find five minutes a day to meditate, you need to find an hour. And... It, it, but if, if, you know, you only want to watch a clip or two occasionally, you want to, you know, mix in some, your, your media composition. Again, be conscientious about how you consume information. What you put in your brain is just as important as what you eat, what you put in your body, possibly more so. We're not going to have the, should we have that debate, which is more important today? No, okay, no, that would be a big sidebar. But, you know, be, however you are conscientious as a consumer of information, and again, why I'm so grateful for the Producers Club. I have this like amazing volunteer editorial team to make sure I don't miss anything. By the way, the show today is What Did Adam Miss This Week? And this is the contest. You can win membership in the Producers Club with a comment or a call. Just having the best one. This is totally subjective. And there can be multiple winners. But just Adam and Jim and CJ, I guess, whatever, whoever we choose, is, has the best answer to what did Adam miss this week. We'll, 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 uh, and you know what? If y'all suck, if there are no good answers, then nobody wins. Yeah, we play, we can play that game too. But no, there, there will be at least one, uh, because we, we do have a, a beautiful, active, engaged audience. So you can start putting them in the comments now, but I, I'm gonna, I'm gonna go through some headlines. We're gonna do our promos and then, 
you know, whenever we have callers or comments in the show, geez, we're going to interrupt today. We're probably going to end on time. Because I have, I, I not only do I have chores to do, and, and I, I mean, I. You're so excited to get back to the factory. I already know. It's yeah. You want to, you want to just leave and go to work on the factory. Yeah, it's, I'm in that mode. It's one of, like, and it's been a while since I've been, like, excited about you, you. Like, you remember seeing us work on the, uh, the rocket stove oven where I was like, yeah, 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 like, all the time, you know? Um, that's an exaggeration, guys. I don't, I'm, I'm, I'm caricaturing myself. I don't actually walk around the property like this. Uh, but yeah, I, I got that feeling now with the Freedom Factory. And uh, I've got I've got one of the neighbors coming over uh, this afternoon before you get here, Jim, for uh, for helping me hang some of that in upside down drywall. We'll start with the attic. If the attic is easy, we'll we'll try the the main ceiling. I'll, and I'll okay, start. You're gonna get all the hard work done before I even get there. I'm just gonna have to lay a little bit of carpet. And uh, don't worry, we'll find some hard work out. for you. Uh, well, no, we. Uh, all right, I'll stop geeking out on the architectural details for all the people that don't care. Yes, we do actually have news to cover and important things to talk about today. But if you want to come hang out this weekend, you know, send me an email or, or you probably got my number already if you're in the area. You can text me. Um, I almost said my number on the uh, on the air there. It's, it's not that hard to actually find my cell phone number. This is why I keep my ringer off most of the time. It's kind of out there on the internet. I've had the same number for, geez, what was it? I changed 2010. I've had the same number for 10 years. So it's on a lot of spam lists. So uh, I, I don't, I, I just, my ringer is off. I call, call forwarding on most of the time. Um, and, I, and I highly recommend everybody do that to, to manage. And it, it allows you, to, I've said this rant enough times recently. All right. Uh, so CigarFederation.com is one of our newest partners, one of the ways that you can support the show. Uh, and the reason I mention this right now is that Jim coming back this evening, you're going to see me in my construction clothes at the end of the day, getting ready for a cigar with Comment Jim Freedom. And hopefully uh, Peter Yaple is joining us. Uh, let's see, hold on, I texted him. He says, is he is he watching us today? Because he, I, I text, I it says, let's see, I'm going to send him a message right now, and we'll see if we can uh, get this confirmed. But, yeah, Cigars Live tonight at 530 with me and Jim, for sure. And I, and, and the last artist, yes, Peter is joining us. We did get the timing confused. He thought it was this week as opposed to last week, and that was my fault. So, but he, he does, oh, he's typing right now. Let's see. Um, hopefully. Hopefully while, he, while, while he types, I'll bring this comment up from Dan Fitz. He's asking if you're in the RV. He says, my name is up there somewhere, LOL. You mentioned yes. Orlando, and we got hungry in the parking lot. Yes, um, CJ likes to make fun of this is our, our public toilet studio. This is, this, bathroom, is, this is the original uh, Freedom Trailer. We call it the Freedom Wagon Studio now. And yeah, so we've got signatures uh, and and a lot. Like it, it, it really is uh, kind of a shame to have uh, the, the the vehicle uh, in this state. Uh, and and we, it, it's just one more chore here in in Gardenia that, that we get this thing cleaned up. And and we could, you know what? 
I, we should make this thing livable. Because this, w- this would be a really cool uh, guest room right here. It, it does need some serious work, not just being cleaned up. Um, but uh, the fr- so after everyone knows, like the frame got twisted on the last tour. It was on the road. Uh, for, anyway, weird story. Um, but it's all, like, mostly intact. The body's just twisted on the frame. So we have to do something about that. But if we had it in place, you know, we could even run a hose to the tree. And... Uh, as far as I know, everything's functional with this thing. We could we could set it up with a little solar system, and uh, you'd have a working, a full working fridge. And uh, of course, if we emplace it, the idea here is that you wouldn't you would only use the toilet to pee and produce gray water, and you just drain that gray water out of a hose to a nearby tree. As your and then and then you go poop in the outhouse. You got a full bed. You got a heater system in here on a thermostat. Full kitchen full bathroom, and two guest bunks. This is where I lived with uh, with a girlfriend and a 100-pound dog for three years. It was actually a pretty comfy setup. So, anyway, yeah, good comment. Thanks for the little trip down memory lane here. But, yeah, Jim, we really should uh, because and, – and this gets to, you know, and I, 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 I owe you guys, you know, I, I told you yesterday that I would write this up. I didn't get to it yesterday. Um but to, to write up a description for for uh, a call for interns for Adam versus the man. But let me let me put it to the uh, to the audience like this, a little little more broadly. And you check me if I'm being too uh, too open with this. But basically, we are a developing independent media operation broadcasting a message that directly challenges the current power structure of the world and we need help in order to be effective in doing so and part of what we need is basically volunteer hours we need people to volunteer to spread this message if you're listening right now just click share a few times stop what you're doing get involved be active and engaged but we also want to be open to taking on more serious relationships with volunteers, which is basically what what our core team represents at this point. Although uh, we do have a profit sharing deal for full disclosure with with Jim and CJ, and and Marcus is next in line for that, and uh, hopefully we'll be able to make Mercedes' position paid eventually, right? By by commission from MakeThemDebate.com. Uh, if you haven't checked that out, Make Them Debate, check it out. Please find my profile. It's a fun way to make some debates happen. The first one with Dario Rahim there was a huge success, a lot of fun with that, and the process was smooth from start to finish, and their uh, their payout system has been uh, as uh, performed as advertised. So um, for internships, we're, we're, we're very open right now. Uh, we want uh, to, to creating more involved positions that, that may involve uh, some small compensation, but at very least, uh, the, it, for people who are willing to make a commitment of time to helping spread this message or develop this content, we are willing to work with you. And, and a big part of that would be living here in Gardenia. And one of the reasons we're creating the bunk uh, room uh, w- would be that someone could live there. It's a bedroom attached to the studio office space. And uh, it's, it's not luxurious living. But you'd have a comfortable bedroom attached to your workspace. 
a, a few feet away from an outhouse and an outdoor shower that's heated. And and uh, if, if you can commit to that for a few months, uh, you know, we can commit to working with you and making sure that uh, as opposed to someone who just volunteers a few hours online and helps spread this message, that, that we're actually working with you and that you get uh, a sort of internship value out of the experience in terms of skills and experience. Um, is, that, is that fair, Jim? Yeah, absolutely. Adam at freedomline.com if you have interest. Anything to add? I mean, what, what would you say about, you know, about your experience so far? I mean, right now, like one of the things that, you know, I mean, Jim, Jim really fell over backwards into this particular position. Yeah. Having come out here, uh, really more to, to work on Big Igloo uh, with the geodesics company. And by the way, we had, we had a customer come out, and, and I had to give them the showroom tour uh, yesterday. And uh, we, we might be selling a, a, a Gigadome, the big one, the 28-footer, that he's going to use for an event. Uh, that's a $1,920 purchase, according to our catalog, with our, uh, our opening sale that must still be on since we haven't publicly revised our prices <laughs> since then. Uh, but, yeah, if you want to check this out, this is, you know, one of my little side businesses that we haven't, uh, you know, we put, we put energy into creating, but, but really haven't put any energy into since then. Uh, but we have all the potential and the equipment here. And uh, if, if anybody wants to come work on this, it's sort of another, you know, I, I don't want to say internship, but, uh, you know, work trade kind of opportunity if, you, if you're willing to live out here in Gardenia and kind of rough it with me. Although I'm not roughing it. I'm living on a 34-foot campaign bus that's, uh, you know, pretty luxurious, except for the fact that I've filled it with crap at this point because now the slides are in. When anyway. All right, but yeah, there's, if, if you want to come live out here, you know, we'll at least have this, uh, you know, well, we have the camp kitchen where the Yaples lived <laughs> with four dogs. How, wait, how many dogs were in there? Five? Five, yeah. Although two of them were, were like teacup sized Chihuahua puppies. Like, yeah. are their dogs? They're like literally, they're like less than a pound each, right? Oh, no, there was six at one point. There's there was Indica, Lily, uh, <laughs> who was dead buddy, Briosa, Bagheera, and Marilyn. And Baloo when he was sleeping in there. Oh, at that. times, yeah. That well, was they were usually care. like during the day. Yeah. Anyway, so we have, we have, and this is a building that we built to be like an above ground root cellar and have been using as a bedroom. Uh, season kind of since it was completed, we have a futon in there. And uh, it's a very comfortable space uh, with thermal mass. But, um, yeah, so uh, I've, I've been trying to plug this as, like, you know, I've got all, the, all these I've got all these half-baked ideas. I mean, half-built business ideas. Uh, or, I mean, half-built businesses. Uh, and, and, and there are uh, serious opportunities if, if you're willing to come out here, uh, you know, and, and, and the basic work trade deals. If you just want to, if you just want to live out here, and experience homesteading the way that we're doing it. Uh, you know, give me two days of labor, you know, manual labor per week, and you can do whatever else you want the other five days. And you know, have a have a you know pretty luxurious campsite to yourself, and and use all the uh, sort of shareable facilities like you know the outhouse and showers and water and and you know campfire area and kitchen space and all that. 
I, I really should get to some news now. Jim, any more comments before we, we, we start catching up on headlines? Oh, yeah, CJ wants us to point out merchandise, of course. Support Another great way to support the show and have fun. CJ has just <laughs> – well, it's a great way for CJ to have fun. He's had a lot of fun uh, building out the store. Uh, at com slash store. There's a lot of cool merchandise, including the Adam versus the Man t-shirt. Yeah, this is this is what we're uh, we're hoping to be the, the basic we see people wear. This or, or the, we've got freedom. We've got we've got the freedom logo on plenty of stuff up there too. Uh, and if, if you haven't heard, I'll say it since I haven't. I really haven't plugged it for a while. And I feel like we should we should do. Uh, you know, there are people who've requested this at different times, and and, and, and uh, you know, this is sort of the kind of thing that once we get the studio built, I mean, a lot of the energy that we've had for development of the show has gone into this facility and just maintaining, uh, you know, this current format. But we, we want to be able to put a lot into development of, of content and format as well. And, and a lot of people have asked us to, like, you know, read a chapter or a paragraph from a book and, and rant on it and explain it. And, uh, you know, maybe, maybe we have a whiteboard up in the studio and, uh, you know, a little bit better organization. Uh, so you put that, Jim, do we, do we need a whiteboard in the studio or is that like a Luddite thing? Is that like mm. a, we just, can we do it all? I don't, I don't know about a whiteboard. Do, do we, do we need like a physical space that people can write and draw on for people to see or, or, or can it just all be digital? I guess like for visitors and reminders, we're going to have a whiteboard in the studio, Jim. Okay. All right. We might we can just put it over the foam and take it down if we don't like it. We'll we'll figure out a way to have it mounted on top of the sound foam so that if we don't like it we can just move it or take it down. All right, thank you, Mary, for the uh, update. Mary Wolf has commented. Christine Nelson is protesting in front of the courthouse. She's got a live stream, <clears throat> and I don't mind sending people away if you don't want to hear me talk about the news. And get into all of what we're getting into today. Uh, it, it, please feel free to switch over to the Blind Justice live stream. Um, I'm sure someone will get the link in the comments or, or, or to go back and forth. Or as uh, Mr. Status is doing, to watch both simultaneously. Uh, Blind Justice uh, is, is an old friend of mine, Mike Nelson, who is uh, a blind veteran of Afghanistan, uh, Army Special Forces vet. And for uh, he, he he does a lot of his activism wearing a freedom hat, like one of the original ones. It's just a black hat with a white freedom. It's this black hat, white freedom logo on it. And um, I I have told him, I mean, unless my wife wants to run with it. Although this is this is uh, well before uh, before I got married this year. Um, one more thing I got to negotiate with uh, with Samantha, right? I'm looking forward to that. But it, it, and and remember, one of the things that I, I, I one of the most powerful parts about my connection with my wife uh, was is, is the story of uh, well, kind of kind of how we met. It's not it's not really how we met, but uh, what what when we first met, uh, we were both dating other people, and she was dating my printer. Uh, I've, I've always self published freedom but uh it, it, for the first edition of the first couple the first two printings uh, i went through uh, a printer who's like a basic merchandiser since i even do the printing part myself i, I go directly to uh, a chinese company last time 
Um, by the way, if someone wants to say, I'd love to, if, if someone wants to see me get out another big round of this, by the way, we've got over a quarter million copies in print. Someone asked me the other day, uh, you know, how many printings have you been through? And it was five, five, 10, 30, and then 200 and 200,000 and, and change for every mailbox in New Orleans. So five printings. The, I did the first two with, uh, with, with her, uh, boyfriend at the time. And so she got uh, an early edition of the audiobook. She was one of the first people uh, to get the audiobook version of this. I think she got it before it was released, even. Uh, and she listened to it and was like, that makes sense. And and she got the logo tattooed across the back of her neck. And for me, as the author, and like, this is my first book, and I go, Wow. You know, there there are a few things more, you know, life-affirming than that. I mean, because, you know, this is, this, is, this is a manifestation of the love of this message. Uh, this is, uh, I mean, I would describe it as, a, you know, the, the ultimate freedom manifesto, but it's all, and in mine, uh, but it's also... Uh, the ulti—it's really the ultimate conversion tool to libertarianism and voluntarism. It's just 100 pages. It's you know, and this is this is just you know one mechanism I've developed of spreading the message. But I think it, it, it's it's really the most effective. And uh, the 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 idea of love uh, behind freedom and, and and voluntarism as an ethical message is definitely embodied in this. And, you know, it's, it's, it's tough sometimes in, in personal relationships. And I think a lot of my fellow activists understand this. Uh, when you have dedicated your life to a, a, a greater cause of activism, and it could be anything in particular. I mean, to me, it's, it's the, the, the cause of freedom and, and, and justice overall, but that, you know, it's it's based on love for humanity, wanting to make the world a better place, wanting wanting to fight the injustices of the world today. And that that's it, it's it's such a such a a unique and powerful deep love that that you tap into and manifest in reality when when you become an activist. And the commitment to that uh, can can often lead to challenges in, in personal relationships. And that's, again, so back to the story with my wife, you know, she got this tattoo and, and, and for all of those things that, that it's special to me uh, to, to have dedicated my life to the, the, this greater cause. You know, I say like, like it could be anything, you know, um, and in, in my wife's case, I, a big part of it is sex trafficking and, and victims of sexual abuse uh, based on uh, experiences which have made that uh, a particularly poignant injustice and put her in a position to uniquely do something about it. And, 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 and the equivalent for me really is, is militarism. Uh, having, you know, as, as a veteran, as a military veteran, having, uh, you know, as a combat veteran, having been in combat uh in, in Fallujah in 2000, 2004 with the Marines and having got my, my real start in full-time activism uh, with Iraq Veterans Against the War. I've got 
you signed the motherfucking contract on on one arm, and for those who fight for it, life has a special flavor. The, the protected never know. And then on the other arm, I've got Rock Veterans Against the War and the Jimi Hendrix. When the power of love overcomes the love of power, the world will know peace. And that message of of love that is is really behind you know everything that that I do is is, is my primary motivator uh, as an activist uh, to, to, to try to manifest that deepest love that I can muster for humanity. It's, it's a unique challenge. And I think, you know, this book in particular represents a, a way of communicating that as a comprehensive worldview and empowers people to live that. And so that, to, that my wife got that tattoo uh, was was set me off like gave me so much positive momentum behind my love for for the next years and then we reconnected last year and when we reconnected uh, we were both single and then just six months later uh, we were married and it it is it's to have someone who really uh, supports me and and shares that that sense of uh, manifesting love based on an understanding of the message of freedom and and through this you know deep uh, as deep as possible as, as a human being can experience this love for greater humanity uh, it it really means the world to me so uh, check out thefreedomline.com if you want to get a sense of that. Um, the rest of my marriage remains private. Uh, <laughs> maybe not the rest, but uh, I would say this: Mr. Justice was just released. That's great. We have an update on our friend Mike Nelson. And oh, the reason I mention all that is uh, Mike Mike Nelson. Just to, to go back, thank you, CJ, for getting that visual up there while while we talk about this. Um, and I'll talk about uh, Mike for a second here. Blind Justice. Um, I encourage everybody, if, if you really want to go, feel free to switch over to their live stream right now and uh, you know, come back to this one later. It's not on right now, Adam. They shut down the live stream. Oh, okay. They're done? Okay. Well, because he got released. That's wonderful. Okay. So um, we're, we'll get him on next week for an interview then. And, uh, uh, or, or Christina, uh, or oh, I assume next week then it'll be both of them. What We did talk to Christina when he was locked up. Um, so it looks like... Uh, at least a, a pretty significant victory in this general, I guess this is a, a, a sub-battle. Uh, so we'll see about this larger battle that, that Mike is in over, over the, the recent incidents. But uh, we'll, we'll get them on next week and get that legal story. I'm sure there's some fun stories and lessons to be learned. But uh, Mike is, uh, I've seen him wakeboard blind, or uh, wake surf. I, I didn't know that was a thing when I did it. I knew wakeboarding. But you can actually – CJ, can you just pull up, like, Google images for wake surfing? If you've never heard I, – like, I had not heard of this. I, I was woefully ignorant. Uh, I, I didn't know that, uh, that, that this was a thing. Uh, but you can – if you have a boat that has the right kind of wake, you can actually just not wakeboarding or no, not not with a rope. Wake surfing, no rope. And you can just 
like you would surf an ocean wave, you can surf the wake of a boat and be moving forward at the same rate as the boat. It's it's amazing. There we go. Yeah, you throw the, you start with a rope and then you throw the rope back onto the boat. So Mike Nelson, I have seen him do this blind. I have seen him do this by sense of touch and sound alone. And he'll start with the rope and get into the zone, and he can feel the wave. And I think in the video you're watching, he's about to throw the rope towards the boat. You'll see him. He's getting into the zone now. He's He's got slack in the rope. Then he throws the rope, and he's just floating there. He's, he's being pushed forward by the wake of the boat at the same speed at which the boat is moving and able to stay in this pocket and, and even maneuver around it a little bit. So, anyway, Mike Nelson is, is that kind of badass, but he's also uh, a beautifully grounded soul. When we did our um, uh, May, May, what do we call it? Maywater Freedom Family Reunion is, is a party we did a couple years in a row here before. Now we're going to be doing the, uh, the wedding anniversary party uh, around uh, Beltane every year here, hopefully. That's our plan, May 1st, May Day. Um, but, yeah, when we did the, the, the Maywater Freedom, it was kind of like a potluck camping party. Uh, Mike was here, and he, he did uh, guided meditations. And he's he's the right guy for the job. He is uh, just a beautifully grounded soul. So, in conclusion, I have made him the uh, official heir to the Freedom Book message and brand, and and it is revisable. Um, but uh, I I would uh, grant him the and, and I don't believe in intellectual property, so there's no like actual transfer of property except for uh, the website, thefreedomline.com. Uh, but he would then become the the uh, the manager, the, the uh, custodian, if you will, as I am. Now, I, I mean, I happen to be the creator, but I'm not the owner of the Freedom Brand. I am. I consider myself the the custodian in that sense, uh, or the guardian of the Freedom Brand. All right. So, uh, Jim, if you have any more comments before I jump into the headlines, it's about freaking time, isn't it? Um, uh, wait, I, I will tell this Twitter story before any headlines. But uh, any, any other comments we want to get up on screen? Koi uh, Shiano uh, says, live in Arizona already. Uh, I'd love to come check it out. I wish I had work to give unless by work you mean put my ass to work, then that's more motivation. Yeah, put your ass to work. Like, yeah, we. I mean, yeah, when I say give me two hours of labor, did, did people misunderstand that? Did people think I meant, like, you have to come? No, like, uh, do chores for two days or help me build some fun shit. I mean, but, like, some of the work out here, it's, I mean, it's it's hard to say how much proportionally, and it, it varies a lot. Um, you know, I may, maybe Jim wants to call me on this. I'll try to be conservative here. I'd say half of the work is is uh, relatively boring. Half of the work is chores. You know, feed the animals. Uh, clean up messes, do some weeding, burn the garbage, you know, um, pile up firewood, uh, organize stuff, tidy up, or, or the sort of 
you know, digging holes, you know, the, you know the, that side of the construction development of the homestead. And about half of it's really fun. Like half of it is, you know, quick little construction jobs or, you know, lear- you know involved like learning something where you're building something and being constructive and, and hands-on. And, and I love both. I mean, even the chores, like to me that I see it as part of the bigger vision and, and, and I'm, I'm, I'm engaged with it. So, you know, I, I, I really love it. Um, I guess if Jim's not interrupting, I suppose he says that's fair. All right, so on uh, on Twitter, someone mentioned me, and I love this. By the way, f- f- please follow me on Twitter, at Adam Kokesh, K-O-K-E-S-H. Um, someone, someone tagged me in response to something they wanted me to see, and it was, they just, they just, in response to somebody else's tweet, they just responded at Adam Kokesh, LOL. And I see most of my at mentions. I've been, I've been off this week, I'll admit, but I'm, I'm usually on Twitter three or four times a day. And I love it. I, I, it's the, and I don't know, maybe it's in my, it's, it's, maybe it's like my mildest form of protest against them censoring the Hunter Biden story. And I'm not giving credibility to the Hunter Biden email story. I do, even if it's true, I don't care. Uh, the conclusion is they're corrupt. Well, no fucking shit. We all knew that. Uh, but uh, Twitter singling out that, that single New York Post story for censorship uh, I, I combined with uh, the Project Veritas video. Uh, hope we can get O'Keefe on the show soon, uh, where he mentions that, uh, or he has a video that's sort of like an, uh, a covertly recorded video with a former Twitter engineer talking about shadow banning. And I know, I kind of know, I, I mean, I kind of knew that I've been shadow banned on Twitter, but uh, I had, I had sort of faith. I guess I had a misplaced faith in Twitter itself being less censorious what's the word is it someone tell me in the comments what is the actual word for uh, to, to describe being doing doing a lot of censorship gosh i feel like it like a grammatical idiot all of a sudden um censorial censorial am i there's some there's got to be i'm going to ramble now on this one word until uh, and, and even with a 20-second delay, if that's what we're getting on Periscope, uh, and blow my nose until we get a comment on screen, and someone can tell me since since stories, I saw I'm not someone asked if I was doing lines off the screen. No, I I mean I'd have a lot more if I if I could afford to do coke every day on the show, um, that we would be a much more high energy show. Uh, a person authorized to examine books that you know that oh sensorial sensorial is a person. Okay, no, it sounds like sensorial makes sense, but there it looks like sensorious. Is that the, Curtis Brown and comments is sensorious is the right word. So you have sensorial pull up. That sounds like it's being used as a title there, but if sensorious is legitimately a word, sensorious is right. Okay, we have a, there we go, sensorious. All right, thank you, CJ. Uh, that is, sensorious is the adjective. Okay. So uh, I thought I thought Twitter was the 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 least censorious. Thank you, everybody, of the uh, relatively um, you know the major social media platforms. <clears throat> and uh, maybe maybe my mildest form of protest was stepping back for for a week, but I enjoy it. I enjoy it. 
even if it's just a mechanism of people can find my stuff, like it doesn't go on anybody's feeds, you know, so I have to remind people, go there, go look at my, my shit, go, go, go retweet something, please. Um, or, or I have to, you know, be actively engaged in other ways, or maybe I need a social media volunteer to just actually like inject what we're doing into places where, where others will see it in social media. I think that's how, I think that's a major way of how we beat the, uh, the basic algorithm shadow banning and censorship of that. But anyway, so someone, uh, so Bill Weld, you remember Bill Weld, right? Two-time Republican governor of Massachusetts. Someone I have had, <clears throat> I have had mixed feelings about and a, a, a very interesting relationship with, uh, in the beginning of the 2020 Libertarian primary season when I announced, uh, freakishly early, uh, the race was expected to be between myself and Bill Weld. And he, uh, it was the, you know, he was the statist one. Uh, let's, just, let's just put it that way. But, you know, so I, I was not nice to him. And, and, and I didn't cross any of my personal lines. I don't, I don't think I did anything. Um, it was like, like I, I didn't resort to ad hominems or, or, you know, false criticisms or, or straw men or, or any, any logical fallacies. But I was harsh on, you know, the, 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 the open public facts about him, his positions, and, you know, what he represented, uh, you know, as, as a perspective and what he represented to the LP. I was not, I was not, I was not uh, easy on him in that sense. Um, and a lot of people gave me credit for sort of driving him out of the party. He ended up running in, uh, in the primary against Donald Trump this cycle, as opposed to coming back into the LP. Uh, yeah, and it was... Um, uh, I think at this point you could say that Bill Weld – like, and I said, that's right. You know, Bill, at the time I was even supportive of him, going, you know what, Bill Weld wants to run in the Republican Party and challenge Trump. Good for him. If that's – you know, if he's still primarily the libertarian-leaning, moderate, centrist, sort of, you know, Gary Johnson-type libertarian, uh, then – and that's his form of activism, great. Um, but what I saw today, he, what he tweeted – here's what he tweeted. Uh, CJ, can you pull this up? Twitter.com slash Adam Kokesh. It's a few down. Um, it was, it was the first thing I did on Twitter this morning. Uh, I think this is an hour ago. You got it. There it is. It's Bill Weld. This picture is so, uh, I don't know. Well, it, it, I'll let you draw your own conclusions. It's Bill Weld. Uh, decent looking, somewhat elderly gentleman. He's got a bit of a, uh, some some people have referred to it as an alcoholic nose. I won't say anything more than it about that. If you want to look it up, he's got a nice he's got a nice smile on his face. Good looking guy, wearing a, a blue blazer, some kind of blue striped shirt, a blue and orange tie, and a, a, he's holding an American flag umbrella, very colorful, and wearing an "I voted" sticker on his lapel. And the tweet reads, in MA, as in in Massachusetts, we're not supposed to post pics of our marked ballots, so I'm not posting the proof that I gladly marked mine for Joe Joe Biden and Kamala Harris. But rest assured, that's how I voted. It's America or Trump, and I'm going with America. If you haven't already, hashtag vote. Now, I I have a... Where shall we start deconstructing this? In Massachusetts, you're supposed to throw tea into the harbor 
tar and feather tax collectors and shoot fucking redcoats. And yeah, you're going to not post your marked ballot because that's, you're not, you're, you're not supposed to do that. Bill. Un-American. Un-Massachusetts in. <laughs> That's not the way you say that, but not, not very Massachusetts of you, Bill. <laughs> uh, and, and that's that's just the first part of the tweet. <laughs> uh, so you 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 voted for Biden Harris, Bill Weld. You you try to get us to think that you were a libertarian. Now, uh, my like I so CJ our producer wants me to ask, what do you call a person that claims libertarian, runs as a Republican, and votes Democrat? <sighs> well. See, one of the things that I wanted to, and, and I did, I gave Bill credit for, for slumming around with the libertarians, was that, that he was really an activist more than a politician. I don't know if that's true now. Because if, 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 by, if, if Bill Weld was who I thought he was, thought you know, when, when, when I would have, when, when I first started calling, you know what, I... I still think of him as a friend. He's a gentleman. He's a genuinely nice guy. He's taking the time to listen to me, uh, not just as his competitor, maybe just as his competitor, maybe just for political purposes. But he's, you know, we've, he, he uh, you know, we, we have a, it's been a while, but we have a friendly texting relationship, at least, I guess. If, if I call, if I texted him and said, hey, Bill, I need to talk, I think he'd pick up the phone. Um, But it, it, it should it it, it, it Bill it, it does disappoint me that that you would say that you would say it's America or Trump and that you wouldn't as an activist see that there is I mean especially in, Mass, in Massachusetts you can't even say that there's any that there's like, like what is the chance that Massachusetts goes to Trump this is a deep 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 blue state you could vote Jorgensen Cohen you could vote Libertarian. As a protest vote to help build the party, even if you actually, even even if you feel that that we need to, even if you buy the incorrect argument, the logical fallacies behind the point that oh we, we need to defeat Trump no, no matter who it is, so we need to get behind whoever's most likely to beat Trump, whatever Biden is. You're voting in Massachusetts, of all the places to not vote Libertarian. So my response on, on Twitter was, boo, <laughs> you used to say, quote, stop the duopoly. And he did, by the way, this was, a, this was um, one of his campaigns. They made signs that said stop the duopoly. He gave a speech with that theme at Freedom Fest in Las Vegas years ago. Or I said, well, a year or two ago, before he went to the Republican side. Maybe there's some rich people convinced him they'd give him more money if he ran Republican to challenge Trump in the primary. Yes, it would be great to have a Republican two-term former governor challenge Trump in the primary. It's going to be Bill Weld. And you know what? I, I don't know. Maybe, maybe there was a chance. 
Um, and that's why I supported it. I said, you know what, if Bill Weld, if that's where he wants to run, he's challenging uh, Donald Trump in the primary, then the more traction he gets there, the better. And I, I covered it and promoted it. Um, and, I, and I've retweeted some of his stuff about it. But uh, I said, you used to say stuff to do awfully. In fact, I got that phrase from you, and that's true. Like, I use I use it. Like, well, you have to stop the duopoly. If you're voting for a duopoly candidate, if you're voting Republican or Democrat, you're throwing your vote away. Um, CJ, I don't know if you want to pull up the latest picture that I, I, I posted on my Instagram, at Adam Kokesh. Uh, it's a really fun one that sums this up. But I, I wrote, uh, you have abandoned your espoused principles. America or Trump? It's America versus the duopoly, and you just crossed the line to side with the enemy. Glad I helped push you out of the Libertarian Party. And in that sense, yeah, now I am. Um, if Bill Weld was, was still in the Libertarian Party and, uh, and, and said this, um, to the, you know, this, this I'm voting for, you know, this would, this would be the same as, as the original betrayal that a lot of people condemned him by, which was that when he was our VP nominee with Gary Johnson, uh, he actually got on, uh, MSNBC on Rachel Maddow's show to say, I'm here to vouch for Hillary Clinton. Those were nearly his exact words, I think. Vouch was the word. Vouch for Hillary Clinton. And uh, now, like, this is worse. And I, I think it's a betrayal because there's, there's no other reason. You, I mean, you could have you could have kept your mouth shut and not sort of made this part of libertarianism that there are there, oh, now now the mainstream media can say well look we have bill Welt, former libertarian vice presidential nominee voted biden harris i don't know you like you think you're going to get some media out of this i don't know well bill if you ever see this i, I hope you come on on the show you know i'm, I'm going to put you on the spot but you know you can always uh, count on a, a, at least a respectful conversation from me and uh I love. I think. I think talking to Bill Weld about this would would be uh, would be really fun. Maybe he'll do it after the election. So, in case in case uh, Marcus, if you would please find find his uh, whatever his public email point of contact is, and if we don't get a response there, I'll text him and invite him on the show. And and if he ever watches this, Bill Weld, uh, you know, open invitation to come on Adam versus the man. I do still think that you're uh, uh, in a, a a powerful and, and interesting intellect and uh, voice worth engaging with. Although at this point, like I said, uh, I am glad that we don't have you as a representative of the Libertarian Party publicly saying like this, proudly voting for Biden-Harris. All right, Jim, I know that was, that was I said I was going to tell that story. Oh, but, oh, so big announcement. I'm sorry I didn't get to this earlier, or maybe, maybe I did, but Peter, I had this pulled up in, in our Telegram directly from Peter Yapel of Canna We Talk 420. He's going to be here tonight, Peter. If you're watching, uh, I hope you can be here a few hours early and and help hang some drywall with your recent experience. Uh, Peter did this for the uh, the homestead that he's building, just about uh, an hour west of here in the Seligman area. Very cool what he's doing there with the, with the building, also from uh, Premier Buildings. So, oh, and as I was saying about that, it's just it's just amazing that we can do this. Anyway, uh, so Peter will be joining us uh, for. Cigars live tonight on Periscope. Maybe CJ will join us for his first cigar ever uh, this Friday. Also, CJ, I don't know if you want to say something about that in the in, in the uh, producers club. 
Um, oh, so there, there's also there's an answer here. I didn't realize this was the answer when I saw it. I thought, uh, oh, CJ's not going to make it tonight. But we will have Jim and Peter and maybe one of our really cool neighbors who's helping us out on the, on the uh, studio project. Um, but see, when, when CJ asked, <clears throat> excuse me, what do you call a person that claims libertarian runs as a Republican and votes Democrat? Matt Baxley re- responded, bungle cunt. <clears throat> I don't know. Mr. Status says the answer to CJ's riddle is Donald Trump. Ooh. Uh, there you go. Although he doesn't vote, he just passes legislation like a Democrat, right? All right. So uh, let's get in. Let's get in. Oh, wait, we have another. Uh, thank you, Jim. Uh, another comment from Craig Doherty. Old Republicans do not work as Libertarian presidential candidates. Afraid the LP will do it again in 2024 with Amash uh, Kovic 2024. Well, Craig, thank you for the support. And yes, it is a helicopter going, flying a little, sounds sounds like it's only a few hundred feet up, unusually close to our lane. We do have helicopters that fly over here on a regular basis, but usually you barely hear them. Um, anyway, uh, get that last comment up again. So, I, I think Amash, you know, while it's true that Amash is, is, is a former Republican, I think he's done, uh, I mean, technically I'm a former Republican, right? I was a lifetime member of the Libertarian Party when Ron Paul asked me to run as a liber- uh, run for Congress as a Republican instead of Libertarian, uh, so I'd have his endorsement and support. And uh, I, I had the support of the Libertarian Party of New Mexico, and they did not run a Libertarian congressional candidate against me that year. Uh, but I, I want to give... Amash credit, like, and I, 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 the problem with Amash at this point, or I should say the weakness, because I, I, I think I'm, I love Amash. I love Amash. Um, by the way, y'all enjoy me again. This sort of like spawn inside baseball kind of conversation. I promise we'll hit some headlines today. Uh, give me some feedback here. So, uh, like, I, I don't think the problem with Amash is this sort of a Republican association. I think that, that, that he formal, formally, Changed his public party affiliation as a seating as a seated member of Congress, and yeah, there are a lot of things I wish he could have done to, to maximize that better. To to and, and you know I don't want to question it because I haven't done a full strategic analysis. Maybe he did a great job, um, but uh, that he went independent and then libertarian, you know that that was kind of interesting. Um, obviously. Um, might have been better if he went straight libertarian. But I think I think that, be, being the first formally Libertarian Party-affiliated member of the United States Congress, I think that is sufficient to shed your Republican affiliation. Now, for me, it was sort of a... It, it, nobody really holds this against me, um, that I, for strategic purposes, temporarily changed my affiliation because of Ron Paul. You know, nobody really goes, oh, Adam, you're a former Republican. Because I was never, it's not like I was a Republican before Libertarian. I've always been, I went from anti-authoritarian where politically, if you, if you pin me down as a, as a, as a young teenager, you know, when I first identified as Libertarian, I might have been Libertarian leaning moderate to, to where it took me to, you know, Ethics of Liberty by Murray Rothbard. No, geez, I don't know what my dog is barking at. But anyway, I've never been 
in any way to the left or right. I just really, I, I don't, I mean, you might say, well, by this issue you were talking about, <laughs> okay. But no, ideologically, um, my story really is going from just, you know, being an anti-authoritarian punk, you know, on the, on, on, on the political diamond, you know, um, never even center moderate, like always, like probably on the edge of, of moderate libertarian, just out of ignorance, being anti-authoritarian to you know, principled libertarian hundred on, on the Nolan chart. All right. So back to our links. What, what do we have? Um, so a couple stories to catch up. Let's catch up on Thailand, shall we? From Bakersfield.com, this is an AP story, the headline, A Royal Bubble Bursts, Thailand's King Faces Trouble on Two Continents. From Singapore, the scion of one of the world's most privileged, privileged families, he wrapped himself in the trappings of royalty, wealth, and a comfortable hideaway thousands of miles from his subject for Thailand's King Maha Vajiralongkorn. That's probably pretty close to how you say it. The cocoon has come undone with remarkable speed. Last week in Berlin, the German government faced questions in Parliament over the king's legal status in Bavaria, where he resides. Foreign Minister Heiko Maas, probably Maas, said that if the king were making decisions affecting Thailand from German soil, quote, we would quite clearly not stand for that. Then, visiting Thailand this week to mark the fourth anniversary of his father's death, the king's family came face-to-face with pro-democracy protesters agitating for limits on his power. At one point, demonstrators confronted the Queen's motorcade and hurled insults at her cream-colored Rolls Royce. And yeah, if you want to look this up, there's a lot of fun video of it. In a country where criticizing the king or his family is punishable by up to 15 years in prison, the dramatic scenes in Bangkok provided the starkest illustration yet of the crisis facing Thailand's constitutional monarchy and the military-led government that supports it. So the, the, there's some, there are a few reasons why this is really, really interesting right now. Obviously, there's the context of the coronavirus, where around the world governments are getting stronger and stronger, and the, the, the super-rich are getting richer and richer and richer, and we see this, this un, 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 unheard of. Uh, historically unprecedented uh, consolidation of, 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 of wealth and power in Thailand there's actually uh, a revolution brewing which w- would suggest that either, either there's some genuine crack in the system and so the very exciting we have to look forward to in the rest of the world and, and, and some story we can learn from or and it could be just that uh, you know, a fight among the super class and a royal family is getting thrown under the bus. Uh, so this is a story worth covering. We've got a, a couple more articles about this. Um, but just, just skipping ahead in this uh, Bakersfield, this AP article, uh, none got close to the car. There was no damage. This is on the, the motorcade protest. Bunkwanan stood outside uh, Bangkok police station and said he had been accused of intent to harm the queen, the most serious charge leveled against protesters since the demonstrations began, facing the prospect of life in prison. He wiped away tears, but vowed to keep fighting, quote, even if I have to risk it all. Michael Montesano, coordinator of the Thailand Studies Program 
at the ICS Yusof Israq Institute in Singapore said protesters in the military were heading down a dangerous path of escalation. Pryuth told reporters Friday he would not resign and issued a warning, quote, do not challenge the Grim Reaper that some activists interpreted as a threat. This has become a genuine crisis, Montesano said, and the mechanisms for resolving the crisis, whether in terms of, comprom- of compromise or dialogue, don't seem to exist. So the next story we have uh, about Thailand is from CNN uh, as a follow-up to that particular protest. Two Thai protesters could face life imprisonment for violence against the Queen. Two activists in Thailand have been arrested on charges of attempting violence against the Queen, which could result in a possible life sentence. The arrests come after Queen Sudita's motorcade drove past protesters in Bangkok on Wednesday with a video showing the crowd shouting, shouting and holding up the defiant three-finger salute. Inspired by the Hunger Games movie franchise, police were seen pushing back protesters as the car, which also carried King Maha Vaji Ralangkorn's youngest son, Prince Dipangkorn, slowly drove past. Um, so, uh, yeah, skipping ahead a little bit, uh, those found guilty of Section 110 faced 16 years to a maximum life imprisonment for violence or attempted violence against the Queen the heir apparent or regent, if the actions are considered likely to endanger the queen's life, then the death penalty could be applied. Yeah. So uh, one of these guys was arrested on his way to a police station to, to turn himself in, um, surrendered to police. And now this is uh, really, I mean, it, you know, like everybody, this, is, this might be, you know, what did Adam miss this week? I, I should have covered this sooner, but I, I'm glad that I waited till we had all three of these um, stories. Um, hold on, now I got now I got to find the other one. Where it was? Um, why do they use the uh, the three fingered salute from the Hunger Games? And it's like uh, it, it it it's it's really um it, it, like this is this is a this is a crazy story that you know should be like like every like that everybody in, in the United States should be covering this story like holy crap you've got you've got a, a a movie a Hollywood movie come to life where they are like overthrowing a monarchy using the, uh, the the salute from the Hunger Games, and uh, I, I'm sorry I I don't have this link handy. I thought it was in my pile here. Please l- give me a second, because okay, no, I have it here. Uh, it's just uh, it just wasn't pulled up when I restarted my browser. Excuse me. Um, but yeah, this is th- this story of what's going on in Thailand really should be. Uh, you know, something that, that every mainstream media outlet is on top of just as a matter of, of, of driving ratings. Cause it, it really is such a, uh, just such a fun story. So CJ, if you jump in ahead in the pile to the independent link, independence.co.uk, the story is quote, freedom, liberty, and fraternity, colon, why Thailand's protesters use the Hunger Games salute. 
Three Finger Salute has become a common sight on streets of Bangkok in recent weeks as protesters defy an emergency order from the government. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, get that picture up. That's This is like, literally, this is a movie scene come to life. And I don't know about the rest of the world, but the American mainstream media seems to be ignoring this. So the story goes, real-life news events are often reimagined as stories for the silver screen, but in the case of the growing Thailand protests, inspiration appears to be flowing the other way. And, you know, it's funny because a lot of a lot of movies of, of dramatic, part of, you know, making the extreme reality moderate as a lie of control, Hollywood is a big part of this just in the way that history is portrayed as this triumph that, that we, we, and we did, we, we triumphed, we, you know, we beat racism, you know, we, we beat uh, authoritarianism, we beat Nazism, like, and now everything's okay, and so we never have to do this again. And in Thailand, they're like, uh, no, let's do this again. Uh, yeah, no, 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 we here of all places, uh, we need to do this again. And the fact that Americans don't see, yeah, it's freaking time. Uh, we need to do this again. And, and, you know, if we're lucky, if we do it soon enough, yeah, we can do it politically without any, any major upheaval. But uh, in Thailand, back to the story. The student-led demonstrations are calling for the military-backed Prime Minister Prayat Chan-o-Cha to resign and for curbs on the powers of a monarchy still much revered by older generations. And in The Hunger Games, the story of a young girl from a poor district who leads a revolution against the rich and powerful center, activists appear to have found a symbol to unite behind. The three-finger salute has become a common sight on the streets of Bangkok in recent weeks, even as the government has declared a state of emergency to ban people from gathering orders which many have defied. But the symbol's use in Thailand actually dates back to 2014 when it first appeared in defiance of the coup by then General Prayut. Prayut installed a military junta to run the country for five years until a 2019 general election held on the basis of a controversial controversial military-drafted constitution, which he won. The May 2014 coup came between the release of two blockbuster Hunger Games movies, the second and third installments in the series, and the symbolism of the salute in Thailand was not lost on the police who immediately arrested those deploying it. Yeah. Speaking of the, and that didn't stop them. Speaking of the BBC in November 2014, Bangkok activist Than or Tan uh, Ritafan said it was the very fact that the government cracked down so aggressively on the three-finger protest that made it so widely adopted. The three-finger salute has come to represent the values of freedom, liberty, and fraternity in this country. We are putting it up to show that we are not the object of tyranny and abuse. We will fight until our last stand. We will continue until they take life away from us. That's a quote from him. The symbol was so successful that it was formally adopted by an opposition party, the Future Forward Party, which was formed in 2018 and went on to win 80 parliamentary seats in the 2019 vote, making it the third largest. Right, like it's, it's funny, in the U.S., it's like the libertarians, we, we have all these movie geeks and references that, you know, so well serve our message, and we're kind of afraid to ever put them forth seriously in the political context. You know, um, 
there's there's another reference in this in this here that I think a lot of libertarians will appreciate. Uh, actually, there's two. Uh, Hamtaro, the cartoon hamster, inspired themed rallies in July where protesters ran around public places in circles like a hamster wheel while singing a modified version of the cartoon's jingle, singing that the government loves feasting on taxpayers' money. Now, I guess American libertarians might not get that reference, but a uh, quote from 21-year-old activist Hutatip or Jutatip Sirikan, president of the Student Union of Thailand, told Reuters at the time, quote, Young people grew up with these popular culture characters, and they help add new dimensions to our movement, making it relatable and easy to communicate with young people. The Harry Potter link is simple, Parpart says. King Maha Vajira Longhorn has become like the villain Voldemort, often referred to in the books as you-know-who, or he who must not be named because of the laissez majeste insulting the monarch laws that make it illegal to insult, defame, or threaten the king. In the Harry Potter movie, people lived in fear of saying his name, in Voldemort. It's like here where people want to disagree with the king cannot speak out because of the law, said Parpart. Anon, a Numfa, who led that protest, decided to use the movie, and kids here now know Harry Potter very well. And, of course, I'm reminded of uh, China and Xi Jinping being compared to Winnie the Pooh and that being made somehow illegal, censored in China. But uh, that was just making fun of his looks. So this, this, there's a revolution happening in Thailand right now. And they are using the three-fingered salute from the Hunger Games to say that to, 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 as, as, a, as a rallying cry in their movement. This is so beautiful. And I, I wish I could make the prediction on, on one, whether it's going to be successful or not. I, 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 actually, I, I, I think I can. Uh, I mean, just from, from looking at this, from having seen the momentum and, and the recent history of the revolution in Thailand and the, and, and the size of the protests, um, I mean, I, 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 I'd say it's already successful. This already represents a hugely successful revolution of defiance of power that will change one way or another the manifestation of power and the application of it in the country of Thailand. Whether it achieves its, its, its greatest goal of a, a complete overhaul of, of the monarchy and getting rid of the monarchy and the government, you know, all, all, all of its demands, um, I don't know, but it looks like it. Yeah, it, it looks like it will. Um, you know, it, it, it's got a lot of momentum. But the bigger question that, question that I can't answer because it's based on the momentum of the rest of the world is, Will this sentiment, sentiment spread? Will people see what's going on in Thailand and be inspired by it? Will we see revolutions like this throughout the rest of the world? Or is this the super class leaders of, of Thailand somehow being thrown under the national bus? Or the, uh, the global bus, excuse me, the, the bus of the global super class? I don't know. I don't know, but you know what side I'm rooting for, and I hope that uh, we can do our own political version of this to overthrow the duopoly here in the United States. All right, to the Producers Club now, we have a couple of things about overthrowing the duopoly. Um, there's a meme shared by our uh, assistant producer for debates, Mercedes. Uh, I don't know, if, if, CJ, if you can pull this one up. It's a Libertarian Party walking away, and it's... It's got uh, the Libertarian Party. This is a meme from Brokeback Mountain, I think. 
And it's got the guy walking away with Libertarian Party over his head saying, I wish I knew how to quit you. And the other one, and it says, Bill Weld. Then why don't you just let me be, huh? Yeah, I could have ignored Bill Weld today, but uh, today he deserves to be... Uh, he, he deserved to be put in his place. And I don't mind talking to Bill. I go, why, why can't I just let him be? I don't know. I, I, he's, he's got an audience. He, he's, he punctures the mainstream every now and then. Um, and and just, I think CJ is sort of pointing out, yes, I should have ended, I should have ended that last segment with, here's my salute to the, uh, to the revolutionaries in Thailand. Um, so CJ, I don't know if you want to tack it on to the video later. So here's to this. <laughs> so here's to the revolutionaries in Thailand. I salute you. Best of luck. <laughs> All right. I could have said something more profound, but that's it. Um, so uh, in Colorado, there are huge fires. I don't know if you want to throw this photo up from Mercedes. There also CJ uh, wildfires out of control in Colorado. Um, apparently, there was also a huge gas explosion that uh, Jim Picks is sharing a huge gas explosion caught on camera in Thailand. I don't think we have to show that. But uh, do we have any uh, comments or callers for what did Adam miss this week before I do another uh, attempted sprint through some headlines here? Nothing yet. No guesses and no callers. I've been posting the link regularly, so people are being shy today. Maybe they're still in their pajamas, drinking their morning coffee. I uh, guess. Thank you, CJ. There's that explosion in Thailand. I brought that up. I checked it real quick because Vincent Willis uh, on Facebook, he's the one that brought uh, up was, was it just that an that accident? video was posted 20 minutes ago. Is it, what, what was, was anything destroyed? It's a pipeline. Uh, it says uh, the moment of a huge gas explosion. This is the moment a gas pipeline exploded in Thailand, killing three uh. people and injuring more than 50. Oh, wow. Also, the local police station, four houses, and several vehicles were also damaged by the blast in Samut Prakhan province. Wow. Well, I hope they're not able to, well, I mean, first, you know, my sympathies to, uh, to all the victims and, and families and everyone affected by this, but, uh, wow. Uh, I guess it could be, uh, could still be an accident, I, you know, and let's, let's hope it was, uh, yeah, according to that, according to according to PTT, the company that owns the pipeline, the explosion was caused by a natural gas leak catching fire. The company also uh, stated that it would pay for the medical expenses of the injured and pay compensation for the families. Okay, okay, so that's good to know that it's it, it's it was it, it looks like it was it sounds like it was an industrial accident and is being taken responsibility for as such immediately. I hope it doesn't slow down the revolution too much. There, my fear was that. You know, it was um, – well, my first fear is that uh, they, 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 it would have been a false flag blamed on the protesters, right? Um, but that it could have been done by, by anybody for, for political as motivations as terrorism. We got um, a contest entry. All right. Adam, Adam missed Trump. Trump's ban on AR, AR pistols. pistols. And he says. Oh, Wow, that's that is a big one. Um, let me boot Trump ban AR pistols. Yes, I definitely act like this isn't one I skip. Uh, this this would be something significant that I miss. But I, okay, but 
Trump ban AR pistols into a Google News search. Um, let's see if we get anything. Um, yeah. Mm-hmm. ULLC Honey Badger from mm-hmm. last week. Yeah, not, not finding anything on that one. The QLLC Honey Badger. Oh, so Mr. Status sent me an email on that. Mr. Status, I apologize. That one I, I just practically missed. Um, you say, I'm behind on my emails. Uh, but it, uh, Mr. Status, if you want to send me a link on the uh, AR-15 pistol ban, too, because I'm not finding a good one. The top one I'm getting in news Excuse me, it's from Washington Examiner. Suspension of AR-15 pistol ban turns focus to Biden gun control pledge. Um, yeah, wow, CJ's got it faster than me. It's 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 going to be a slow boil the frog ban. Okay, so it's something that's happening. I maybe you know, so maybe I should uh, wait to cover it. But uh, yeah, so I, CJ's got okay. CJ's got the Washington Examiner. Oh, it is Washington Examiner. Excuse me, I said yeah, you've got it pulled up before me. Suspension of AR-15 pistol ban turns focus to Biden gun control pledge. All right, maybe we'll I'll, I'll let that pull up and come back to that. Uh, let's see <clears throat> how many. Now it's loading. All right, no, I do have to I do have to uh, breeze through some other stories. I promise we'll get to that one. So going CJ, if you don't mind, we'll go back to the top of the news pile here for a minute. From the Guardian, revealed chaining, beatings, and torture inside Sudan's. Islamic schools. Two-year BBC News Arabic investigation uncovers horrific conditions with boys as young as five facing violence and sexual abuse. Yeah, Americans aren't going to say, oh, you missed this one. Uh, In April evening in the suburbs of Khartoum, after months of undercover work, I had learned my time, my to time my visits to Kawas, Sudan's Islamic schools, to coincide with evening prayers. I entered while the sheikhs, teachers, and 50-odd boys dressed in their white Jalabas were busy praying as they knelt. I heard the clanking of chains on the boys' shackled legs. I sat down behind them and started filming secretly. So, um, yeah, and, and I mean, I, I don't, this is just something that everybody needs to know about. It'll be in the links. I, you know, I wish I had more time to get into it, I suppose. But, uh, yeah, it, it's, I think this is important just as a reminder as to, you know, what we take for granted of the standard of humanity that we experience here in the sort of relative first world. And I know I, you know, point out the problems with this constantly and the ways that we fail to live up up to our potential because of government, because of the police state, are truly horrifying. But uh, it's worth pointing out that, like in Sudan, and it's, it's worth just keeping this in mind continuously that in still the majority of the world, the standard of civility and respect for human rights is a lot lower. And there are institutions like those schools in Sudan that are truly inhumane, and a lot of them are abusing children. And uh, we have a couple of stories. We are going to touch on that today with CPS. We'll get to that. But. Um, next, PJMedia.com busted on hot mic. Pennsylvania Governor Wolf and elected crony laughing about masks as political theater. Uh, there have been a number of these. Uh, there's another. There's another one. The story goes: If this video doesn't get your blood pressure up after months of being forced to wear masks, 
for your safety, then you're probably dead already from the Chinese Wu flu, or at least that's what the coroner scribbled on your death certificate, blah, blah, blah. Pennsylvania Governor Tom Wolf and, and Rep. Wendy Ullman, D-Bad, this is a PJ Media conservative website, <clears throat> were caught on a hot mic giggling about the political theater they were about to partake in at a press conference. Wolf is heard telling Ullman he's going to take off his mask to speak, while Ullman responds that she's going to keep hers on for the cameras to make sure people see her in it. I'm waiting, quote, I'm waiting so we can see, so we can do a little political theater, she says laughing, so it's on camera. Yeah, there are going to be more of these. There have been these. It's not the first. Now, for bigger, more important news from China, scmp.com, this is South China Morning Post, Chinese military beefs up coastal forces as it prepares for possible invasion of Taiwan. Missile bases have been upgraded and equipped with the most advanced hypersonic missile, the DF-17, according to one military source. Build-up of forces comes as the PLA continues with a series of exercises designed to keep up the pressure on the island. Not going to get too far into this. We see saber-rattling stories like this a lot uh, around China's uh, coastal territories. Uh, and, and, of course, even with the recent clash that we covered uh, just a few months ago, again, one of those things, the mainstream media, when they cover they don't remind you, oh, yeah, there was the clash with the border uh, with Tibet that led to was it, people dying in, in, in a fight with sticks and stones and fists. You go, really? I'm sorry, this is on the uh, China-India border. And you go, well, the, why is this happening? This is, this is a, and, and it is it is truly a, a strange situation. Uh, so anytime there's a, there's a significant significant flare-up, it, it is worth covering in the news just to, to understand this ongoing situation. And our next headline related to this is a fun, <laughs> silly, but fun one related to this. From usnews.com, Taiwanese Chinese staffers injured after clash in Fiji. This is a real what-the-fuck kind of headline. China and Taiwan are trading accusations over fight between Chinese diplomats and Taiwan government employees at a reception. <laughs> at a reception in Fiji celebrating Taiwan's National Day. China and Taiwan traded accusations Monday over a violent altercation <laughs> that broke out between Chinese diplomats and Taiwan government employees at a recent Taiwan National Day reception in Fiji. Both China and Taiwan confirmed the October 8 incident, but each disputed each other the other's claim of what precipitated the fight, which resulted in one Taiwanese staffer being sent to a hospital with a head injury. One of the Chinese diplomats was also injured. This is it. Why am I covering this story? Like, insignificant injuries, right? The confrontation, an extreme example of the tensions between the rival governments, erupted when Taiwanese at the gathering tried to stop Chinese diplomats from taking photos of guests at the reception marking Taiwan's National Day. The Taiwan Foreign Ministry spokeswoman, Joanne Wu, said in a written statement, quote, the Ministry of Foreign Affairs strongly condemns the Chinese embassy and Fiji staffs Actions which severely violates rule of law and norms of civilized behavior. She said Taiwan had made a formal protest to the Fiji government. China's embassy in Fiji said in a statement released Monday that Taiwan's account was inconsistent with the facts. Are any of these other government agents trustworthy? I don't know, but China's, I'm pretty sure it's not. 
yeah, the statement from the from China was, quote, on that very evening, the staff of the Taipei Trade Office in Fiji acted provocatively against the Chinese embassy staff who were carrying out their official duties in the public area outside the function venue, causing injuries and damage to one Chinese diplomat. Yeah. Hilarious, right? Now, why, why, why do I have a harder time trusting China in this? China's government has proven uh, through a long history of lies and censorship, being possibly the most censorious government on the planet with the Great Firewall of China. Our next story, uh, and this, I think, wraps up our, uh, our, our Asia block today. From the New York Post, meet your Chinese Facebook censors. China is one of the most censorious societies on Earth, so a better place for Facebook to recruit social media censors. There are at least half a dozen, quote, Chinese nationals who are working on censorship, a former Facebook insider told me last week. So at some point, they, the Facebook bosses thought, hey, we're going to get them H-1B visas so they can do this work. <laughs> yeah, no, isn't that funny? You thought that maybe the freedom of the Internet would bleed into China, but it turns out it goes both ways. The censorship of China is bleeding out into the rest of the world because we have entrusted these corporate giants with our social media through corporatists, which are, uh, by Mussolini's definition, fascist policies, uh, and uh, the leaking in. Uh, it, it's still significant. There are a lot of people in China who might watch this uh, through a VPN eventually, you know, a virtual private network, and be able to, to get around the great firewall of China. But through corporatism and intellectual property, we have allowed the potential of the Internet to be uh, squandered on these tech giants. I don't want to say squandered because we're still enjoying great progress for humanity through the Internet, but it is certainly being stifled by this kind of corporatism. And, uh, yeah, hopefully uh, China, uh, well, one way or another, the great firewall of China, China's censorship and its militarism, that is, it's, it's in, it, why, why is the most censorious government on earth also one of the most um, militarily aggressive with its borders, with its territory in general, towards Tibet? Uh, the United States, despite the First Amendment, has found more subtle means of manipulating the conversation than direct censorship, but they do the same thing. There is a, a great correlation with censoriousness, censorship by governments, and manipulation of the conversation. And by censorship here, I mean in the, in the, in the broadest sense, so... You know, telling a, an extreme truth in, in, in a way that makes it acceptable, making it moderate, that's still a lie. Uh, but those, though there, there's a connection between, uh, there's a great correlation for governments uh, between censorship and militarism. And uh, I hope the what we see in China uh, with regards to Tibet, Taiwan, Hong Kong, Winnie the Pooh, all the censorship, the Great Firewall, I hope this can serve as a mirror held up to America as well. All right. 
Uh, back to breezing through headlines. Let's see. Uh, oh, there was another story. We had one other story related to China. I apologize. Well, it's not really part. It's not really connected. New York Times has Trump records shed new light on Chinese business pursuits. And we might have also seen the story where, where uh, Obama came out and, and I saw this is this is Trump. I'm uh, sorry, uh, Obama's clever. I mean, Trump is sometimes clever, and I think he's he's clever more in in his you know verbal invocations and manipulations. But Obama is uh, Obama's funny sometimes. He said, "If I had the same business connections to China that Trump does, they would call me Beijing Barry." <laughs> like, yeah, yeah, I would I would have called you that. Now, uh, Obama. Uh, is not, I, I don't know, depends on how you want to define it, but it w- was not, I mean, I would say Donald Trump was sort of fringe super class before he became president, as in, uh, you remember, his net worth was way less than he said, but he was a major celebrity, and he did, he was a significant, you know, money mover, financial player, um, Probably not in, in yeah I guess I guess technically by any definition super class but probably not on like a lot of the inside clubs um, you know definitely hung out with Epstein and the Clintons and all that uh, whereas whereas uh, Barry over there uh, Barack Obama um, you know ended up filling the same role as front man of the racket of government as president but did did genuinely come from from poverty uh, relatively speaking uh, but anyway. So this one, the, the, the headline is Trump records shed new light on Chinese business pursuits as he raises questions about his opponent's standing with China presidents. President Trump's taxes revealed uh, revealed details about his own activities. And someone sent me this in the producers club, so I'm covering it because of that. But um, I, I don't think this is a big story. I mean, Trump had a, a, a global financial empire, if you want to, as he, he would definitely call it that. Um, so then he had business interests in China. They had bank accounts in China. It's like, duh. No, not not a surprise. Doesn't really tell me anything new about Trump. Uh, next story, also from PJ Media. You know, and I don't know if I want to try to skin this one. This was uh, is child protective services trafficking children. Yeah, I'm going to table that. I'm going to come back to that. Uh, we we covered the the uh, Lagos story briefly, right? Uh, I, I don't think it's worth getting into more. But there was a shooting in uh, Lagos, Nigeria, where protesters were just being shot in defiance of curfew. And, uh, again, I mean, it is, it is worth getting into, I guess we didn't get into this enough. Um, but it, it is worth noting that, um, you know, in the way that the world is behind us, uh, the United States generally, even at our worst times in terms of respect for human rights, it's, it's a lot lower in other places. Please tell people, please tell people, people are having to run their shooting at them at the Lekki Tollgate. Yeah, that's great, CJ. You can mute the video now. Thank you for putting that up on screen. Um, and in Nigeria, soldiers, uh, you know, were there uh, shooting, uh, and this is this is normal uh, for for a lot of the rest of the world. So I think it's really important here, even in American independent media. I do think, you know, Anna versus the man. I, I like to think of it as um, an American-based global perspective. Uh, we, we do want to take note of what's going on in the rest of the world and, and make sure that, you know, even though we're not 
even though we are sort of American media for, you know, that it's, it's, it's for a global audience. And uh, we do have a lot of international viewers and even in our producers club, I'm so grateful for our, our foreigners there. You're, you're foreign to us. Um, but, uh, yeah, the, it, you, you can't let a story like this slide and you have to recognize that for, for our American audience that, uh, you know, it, it, you think about how, look at how confrontational police have allowed, the government has allowed protesters to get over the last few months. Um, in a lot of countries, you don't get to that. And I'm not saying it, the, the situation is good or that police have been, I'm not backing it up. But in a lot of countries, you get shot long before it gets to where it has in the United States. All right, let's cover this one laptop per child project. And you know what? I did my research, and it turns out, the first three paragraphs of the Wikipedia page pretty much sum it up. One laptop per child is a nonprofit initiative established with the goal of transforming education for children around the world. This goal was to be achieved by creating and distributing educational devices for the developing world and by creating software and content for those devices. The goal was to transform education by enabling children in low-income countries to have access to content, media, and computer programming environments. When the program launched, the typical retail price for a laptop was considerably in excess of a thousand U.S. dollars. So achieving this objective required bringing a low-cost machine to production. This became the OLPC Space XO laptop, a low-cost and low-power laptop computer. The project was originally funded by member organizations such as AMD, eBay, Google, Marvel Technology Group, News Corp. Nortel, Chimai Corporation, Red Hat, and Quanta provided in-kind support. So, like, when I first heard about this, and uh, this was from 2005. You remember, this just came up on the show last week, because I was like, what, whatever happened to that? And uh, I'm, I'm glad now that, that, that we're, we're seeing this history play out. Uh, and it was a nonprofit. I, you know, I, obviously, these are major corporations that are, you know, might as well be described as branches of government but uh, this was a really cool idea and I'm, I'm really disappointed to see that this isn't happening at the scale uh, that it was originally envisioned in, in 2005 but eventually the whole world's going to get online and remember right now uh, I, I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to look this up what is uh, global internet penetration because this is this is why, like, so this, remember, back in 2005, global internet penetration was even lower. But here it is. Um, uh, if you just Google global internet penetration, the first thing that comes up from Statista.com, almost 4.57 billion people were active internet users as of July 2020, encompassing 59% of the global population. China, India, and the U.S. rank ahead of all other countries in terms of Internet users. Well, duh, it's really more about the rate. And even in the United States, um, when I looked, at it, looked it up country by country, it was lower than I thought. But the important number here is 41% of the, inter- of the, of the world's population. That would, that would be the, uh, the other 3 billion-plus people don't yet have access to the Internet. That's crazy. You think about how it's going to change the world. And it's, it's going to happen. 
I, I wonder of, of all things, you know, if, if in killing the one laptop per child project, if governments that had an incentive in keeping those countries down, you know, if they did something to kill it. Because there, and, and, and not just governments, I mean, all, all the corporations who, uh, who, not which, yes, yeah, right, outsource labor to poor countries. If you, if you all of a sudden, you know, by charity gave all the poor people in those countries laptops and they were able to engage in the global economy, not only would the dollar or economic advantage that we see in the exchange rate for us privileged citizens of the empire, just uh, it, that, that would be leveled much faster than they want it to, to be leveled. If they, I, I mean, I don't think they, they, them, those ever want it to be leveled. And what I mean here is just the differential in the value of an hour of labor, right? In the United States, um, I mean, I you know, $10 an hour for paying someone for an hour of labor unskilled under the table, right? You know, maybe that's as cheap as it, as it gets if it's not an internship, right? And $10 an hour is still really, really, really low. Um, you know, in, in a lot of places, like especially right now when, when you know, a lot of people are, are able to get benefits um, and, and real jobs are, are so competitive and hard to come by. Um, you could probably get away with less, but you know, a lot of people are getting paid $20, $30 an hour, even under the table here in the United States for what is basically unskilled labor. Whereas in the developing world, as in those who have now at this point clearly been stunted in their development relative to those of us here in the, uh, the first world empire, um, um, you know, they, 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 they want that cheap labor, the, 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 in, the value of an hour of unskilled labor is a lot lower. And the value of semi-skilled labor, you know, Chinese, Chinese fingers putting together your devices, right? Uh, that's pretty cheap too. Uh, you know, and, and, and in a sense, we are all guilty of feeding into this system. Whereas I would want to see, you know, this, this you know, and I, I don't know, I'm sure there are other people trying to do this and uh, a more in-depth look at this subject uh, would would reveal that it is it is happening slower than it could because of government impediments. Whether there's any kind of deliberate conspiracy there or not, I, I don't know. Uh, but here's here's the last paragraph of the Wikipedia entry for one laptop per child. Because you know, again, it was very exciting that we had the possibility that there was going to be private funding to create a very inexpensive laptop uh, that would. Just you know, provide basic internet access and uh, word processing, and, and and not much else. And what that, how that could still, even to to this day, potentially change the world. So the last paragraph goes: the OLPC project was the subject of much discussion. It was praised for pioneering low-cost, low-power laptops and inspiring later variants such as EEE PCs and Chromebooks for assuring consensus. At ministerial level in many countries, that computer literacy is a mainstream part of education for creating interfaces that worked without literacy in any language and particularly without literacy in English. And then, by the way, this makes me think about right now when with the corona shutdowns for schools in the United States, a lot of children are being issued Chrome pads or Chromebooks, right? Um, and they've got that down. I mean, I got the government contract. Uh, it was criticized from many sides regarding its U.S. centric focus 
ignoring bigger problems, high total costs, low focus on maintainability and training, and its limited success. In 2014, after disappointing sales, the foundation shut down. And it was very, I'm very grateful for one laptop per child uh, bringing us this dream of every student on the planet, every human on the planet, having Internet access through uh, a very inexpensive device. Perhaps now it's just happening that much faster with smartphones and outside of uh, a centralized plan or the education system. But uh, to the one laptop per child project, rest in peace. Thank you for sharing that vision. All right, let's see how many more headlines we can skim through. No more producer club notes. Um, we have uh, a couple on the Michigan governor kidnapping plot. First headline from HuffPost.com. Chilling training videos release of militiamen charged in Michigan governor kidnap plot. Uh, as one of them, one suspect said in a video, quote, I'm sick of being robbed and enslaved by the state. They are the enemy, period. Uh, yeah, a lot of entrapment. Uh, I'm not going to get into this story until the full story is told. Now, next headline is also related to this from usatoday.com. Why full evidence of the plot to kidnap Michigan Governor Whitmer may never be known. Encrypted apps may keep the FBI from ever knowing if there's more documentation of the plot to kidnap Michigan Governor Gretchen Whitmer. But what I'm really uh, waiting to see and, and, and looking forward to seeing come out on this uh, are the full revelations of, of law enforcement's uh, engagement and the entrapment and how much of this was uh, organic versus how much of this uh, was, was a setup. And we know that there were undercover agents involved. That's already come out. Um, but now they're, they're trying to say the reason you won't know the whole story is because of the suspects we, we arrested, not because of the agents involved. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, so next headline. This is this is an interesting story from Peter Schiff. Uh, by, from D, First, we're going to decrypt.co. Peter Schiff, bank known criminals tax probe, claims Peter Schiff, a prominent Bitcoin critic, is the target of an investigation by leading tax authorities. Uh, bullet points on the story. Peter Schiff's bank is the target of investigation by the J5, a collection of tax authorities from major Western governments. The probe said it banked known criminals with little scrutiny. According to the age, Schiff denies the allegations. And we also have a link. I'm not going to do it now, but uh, there's a, a minute and a half clip from his interview uh, with 60 Minutes uh, on, on Twitter where uh, he walks out of the interview angry. Uh, and, and really does embarrass himself here. Um, and, and I don't know, I, again, this is one of those stories in development we don't have to get into now, um, but uh, we will um, when, when, when we see the, the whole story and, and maybe we can get Peter Schiff on the program again. So the next story from uh, dailymail.co.uk, loading slowly for me here. All right, the, the 2016 deposition that Ghislaine didn't want you to read. Uh, this is Ghislaine Maxwell, Pound's interview table and rage as she admits to intimacy with Epstein, but denies underage orgies and says Bill didn't visit Pedo Island and there was no basket of sex toys. So, you know, I, we don't have time to, to give the tabloid story today, but it will be in the show notes if you want the link. I don't know if anybody has any comments on this. Again, this is a perfect example of is Adam missing something? Let's let's look in the comments right now 
Um, is there like is there something bigger about like I'm I'm watching this. It's pretty exciting. Like I'm watching from a distance, checking out these headlines on uh, Ghislaine Maxwell, the implications for Epstein and child trafficking, and and, and the rest of the uh, the super class who are implicated in this. And of course, that's what makes the story significant, right? Is that there's so many established or establishment political operatives and, and, and personalities and, and involved in this. But um, if I'm missing something, let me know. Uh, Jim, do we have any callers? Do we have any? Do we have anybody commenting? If not, get yourself up on stage here, and uh, let's let's check in with the comments before we uh, we do our we wrap this up with with a couple more um, skim through headlines and our, and our and our good news. Jim, are you with us? Yo, right. yo. Yeah, I've been in the comments. I'm trying to talk our friend Amistatus into calling in to talk about that gun ban thing. About yeah, we'll get to that. So. We'll get to that. Uh, Wait, that, I mean, though, no. is, but uh, Mr. Status, is, he's already in the producers club, right? Uh, I was wondering about that. I I was almost assuming he is, but then I thought about it, and I don't remember the name. Maybe he's not. Yeah, maybe, maybe he's not. not. If he's not, he definitely should email me because he's the only one that's answered so far. Yeah. Well, he would be our winner today unless someone in the next 10 minutes comes up with a better answer for what did I miss today. But, Jim, hang with me for a second here. We'll see what comments come up. Uh, Washington Examiner, here's the story. Suspension of AR-15 pistol ban turns focus to Biden gun control. Excuse me. The Bureau of Alcohol, Tobacco, and Firearms and Explosives. I put an and, extra and there because it just used to, they, they, they didn't always have the explosives, right? The Bureau of Alcohol, Tobacco, Firearms, and Explosives has temporarily backed off criminalizing a type of gun used by three to four million people in the United States until after the presidential election, likely stoking the issue of gun control. The New Hampshire maker of a popular styled AR-15 pistol today said that the ATF suspended its surprise decision made last week to outlaw the gun called the Honey Badger Pistol. QLLC told customers, our attorneys received a letter from ATF Chief Counsel Joel Rosner temporarily suspending the cease and desist letter associated with the Honey Badger pistol by Q. The letter states that the suspension will remain in effect for a period of 60 days unless withdrawn or extended by ATF. The stated purpose of the suspension is to allow the DOJ an opportunity to further review the applicability of the National Firearms Act to the manufacturer and transfer of the model Honey Badger Pistol Firearm. So, wait, the letter will remain in effect. Temporarily suspending the cease and desist letter, but saying that it's going to be in effect for 60 days. So, uh, yeah, I guess, I mean, the, the bigger story here, and, and, and you know, uh, Mr. Status, correct me if I'm wrong or if I'm missing something that, that you wanted to point out about this, is that under Trump's BATFE, they have issued a cease and desist letter on this AR-15 pistol, and Trump has done nothing to stop it, where he totally could. He could say, no, ignore this. This is covered under the Second Amendment, and the federal government should have nothing to do with this, right? Unless there's a law passed that says that they have to, and even if there is, Trump can intervene and say, no, you're not going to enforce this anymore. Um, but I don't How does this turn into, to turn into, what is the Biden gun control pledge? I, I, I'm, if I'm right so far, I guess the only thing I'm missing is, what does this what does this have to do with Biden? Um, all right. So the last part of this this news story says, however, it is expected that if Joe Biden wins the election, the ATF will move forward, likely targeting all of the makers of AR pistols and even ban the AR-15 by liberals as an assault weapon. 
Okay, so the uh, well, this is the Washington Examiner. This is a, a conser- the, the most conservative you can be while pretending uh, getting away with pretending to be uh, mainstream media, right? And so, of course, they're going to say, "Oh well." But even though Trump is banning this gun and in the process of it right now, actually he has. And with the cease and desist letter, that is a kind of ban. They have banned this. I mean, for legal review, that's kind of like 60 days. And until until we figure out whether or not you can do this, you can't do it. That's a ban. Trump is banning right now by essentially administrative action through the cease and desist letter, not ownership, but production and, and, and who knows what else, uh, you know, is covered sales or whatever distribution uh, with the cease and desist letter. And uh, he, he's, he hasn't put it in stone yet. And uh, the Washington Examiner wants you to, to think, oh, well, Trump's gun control is bad, but Biden's will be worse. That's like, yeah, I, I, maybe. I don't really buy it, but uh, I did miss the story. So congratulations, Mr. Status, unless... Unless someone comes up in the next eight minutes with, with something more important that I missed. Because I genuinely, completely missed this story. Didn't see it. No one sent it in the Producers Club. Um, pretty sure it wasn't on the Drudge Report. Although you think the Drudge would have, would, might have you know, criticized Trump or something like this. Um, and I didn't see it in any of my social media. So congratulations, Mr. Status. Any, any relevant comments? Jim? Uh, well, him, I think he's trying to connect to call in right now, so we'll see if he ends up coming on. Uh, but he said, oh, where'd he go? He said, I think the YouTube pistol ban would be a better YouTube video. Mention Trump being the used car salesman of gun control and get people's heads to explode. <laughs> <laughs> all right, all right, Mr. Status, I'll make you this deal. If you get in the Producers Club chat, and you send me maybe one or two more articles to complement that examiner one, we'll do a full segment on it Monday or Tuesday next week. All right. Um, any any other urgent comments before our last uh, skim through the news and good news in this uh, day in no, history? Nothing huge and totally off subject, says Empty Matter, but Kamala also said 220 million people <laughs> have died. Yeah, yeah. All right. So uh, Kamala Harris misspoke because she's, she's in that mode. Did she misspeak and say only 220 people have died? No. She misspoke on the side of exaggeration, said it was 220 million people have died from corona. Okay, fair enough. Um, yeah, I totally missed that. But that, that's not a big news story. That's just a fun, like, yeah, yeah, that's that's who our leaders are. But, yeah, thank you for pointing that out. All right, a couple quick headlines. Jim, why don't you just stay with us through the end of the show? Oh, no, today wants to put the headlines up. All right. One quick skim, and then we're going to check in with comments again and, and do the good news and wrap this up. The Guardian says uh, this headline, U.S. ICE officers use torture to make Africans sign own deportation orders. Cameroonians say officers choked, beat, and threatened to kill them as lawyers sell of pre-election removal drive. U.S. immigration officers allegedly tortured Cameroonian asylum seekers to force them to sign their own deportation orders in what lawyers and activists describe as a brutal scramble to fly African migrants out of the country in the run-up to the elections. Many of the Cameroonian migrants in a Mississippi detention center refused to sign, fearing death at the hands of Cameroonian government forces responsible for widespread civilian killings and because they had asylum hearings pending. Yeah, scary story. 
Business Insider, Mark Zuckerberg reportedly signed off on a Facebook algorithm change that throttled traffic to progressive news sites. And one site says that that quiet change costs it $400,000 to $600,000 a year. Now, this is a cool story. Um, you know, if it's all true, <laughs> I always have to say that, right? If, um, <clears throat> but I, I, it, it presents uh, an important modification to my understanding of modern social media censorship. Because uh, w- what I have said is the general story is that they want you to believe that it's liberal-owned social media sites censoring conservatives to hide the fact, to, or censoring some conservatives to hide the fact that they're censoring libertarians. Now, there are a lot of political motivations in this that we will probably never know about because it's individuals with strategies that are never going to be stated for the record. Um, But what we're seeing here is that there is another side to this, and it makes sense to me that, that there is, if not some truth to that, there's at least some dynamic to this that uh, would suggest a whole other side of the censorship story. So if, if Zuckerberg is censoring like extreme progressives, extreme left, it, it, this gets to the bigger point that the whole reason for censorship is to provide to the to, to support of the bigger strategy of the super class or of government, right, which is keep the super rich getting richer and the rest of us getting relatively poorer. And... Um, when uh, if that's the primary motivation, the the effect is not to censor in in one uh, to censor out one direction, but to censor out any message that doesn't serve that purpose. So maybe maybe here at Adam versus the man, not allowed on YouTube until Monday. You know, maybe we represent. Uh, a, a unique threat in that, and, and deserve a, a special attention. But, it, but, but look, look, you know, you look at this headline again. Mark Zuckerberg reportedly signed off on a Facebook algorithm change that throttled traffic to progressive news sites, and one site says that quiet change cost it four hundred to six hundred thousand dollars a year. Um, so that's Mother Jones, uh, and and yeah, this is the thing. So you, again. Be a conscientious consumer of information. Even if you use social media like even YouTube, don't rely on your feed. Go straight to the source. Um, It is highly manipulated what they put up first, and they don't have to censor anything to make sure that what they want you to see is what gets seen. What they don't want you to see just gets seen minimally going to the bottom of your feed. This is... One of the ways they manipulate the conversation. Oh, and here's the actual headline. I had it in, in our stack from NewYorkTimes.com. Obama mocks Trump's Chinese bank account. Quote, they would have called me Beijing Barry. Yeah, okay. Next, from CBSNews.com, a Venezuelan vessel carrying 1.3 million barrels of oil is tilting, and it could lead to a catastrophic oil spill. Yeah, I think someone sent me this in the Producers Club. A Venezuelan oil tanker has been parked for nearly, nearly two years in the Gulf of Peria, carrying approximately approximately 80 million gallons of oil. New photos of the vessel showed appearing to tilt heavily on its side, leading to growing concerns of a potential environmental disaster that threatens one of the richest areas of biodiversity in the world. Uh, Hopefully the incentives are in place. Government hasn't taken all of the incentives for responsibility away. Um, uh, Let's see our next headline. 
for what from Wall Street Journal. We'll have to come back back to this and why central banks want to create their own digital currencies like Bitcoin. CJ put this and was like, "Hey, Adam, how does it feel to be so ahead of the mainstream media?" Yeah, I, I, yeah, I was, I, you know, we're going to take our time and get into this one. Uh, Quick one here from uh, NBCNewYork.com. AstraZeneca shares turn negative after Brazilian health authority says volunteer in COVID vaccine study dies. And unfortunately, it was not a politician. Yes, a lot of great jokes out there. We're going to, um, <laughs> all right, we're going to test the vaccine on politicians first. If they die, we're safe. If it, if they don't, we're all safe. Um, let's see, any, any other skim through headlines today? Uh, Joe Biden vows to bring back Obamacare individual mandate penalty. Yeah, that is a big thing on the line. It was a headline from CNBC.com. Um, we got the Borat movie someone shared with Rudy Giuliani. I'm going to wait until Monday and, and we can, uh, play the, uh, play the clips. Uh, also one last one from PJ Media. Texas family courts under fire from angry parents are confidence in the judiciary is at an all time low. Another victims of family law story. And, uh, you know, as important as the work of Chris Cole is as uh, the, the organizer, whatever, I don't know what title he wants for himself, but the leader and, and, a, and a great voice for victims of family law, uh, even, even without him, uh, I think, I think it's a, a chance, you know, the, this system is coming to an end, the, uh, the child trafficking, the abuse. So we're going to come back to this one and, and talk about it with the, uh, the child trafficking story uh, also from PJ Media on monday and with that let's get to our last check-in with the audience jim back up on stage and we'll do the good news almost on time today two hours and 37 seconds in what's up jim what's going on uh nothing yet uh i found out i found out the deal with i'm a status i thought that's this is why we thought he was in the producers club he said i think i've won the membership twice but i've turned it down to keep active in the youtube chat oh well but, all right Jim, Jim, he, he's now yeah. understanding the value of yeah. being in the producers club. For All right. Backup. <laughs> All right. Well, then congratulations for your third victory and finally getting it, Mr. Status. Yes, I, I, I hope. Yeah, I don't know. There's no reason to not claim your prize and say, OK, because it's you can. There are there are other perks. At least you get, you know, you'll get we'll, we'll have an email list eventually or announcements for, for producer club members who aren't in the Telegram chat. <clears throat> um for people who are just, uh, you know, sponsors on patreon.com slash Adam versus the man. But uh, you can chat with me directly on Telegram during the show. Uh, you can put notes in front of me. I will see them as alerts. They pop up on my laptop during the show. This is how CJ, as the executive producer, and Jim, as the co-host, pass notes to me during the show. Guess what? Everybody in the producers club, has the exact same access. I think that's really fun. It's really cool during the show to be able to connect with everybody like that. So you can do that, Mr. Status, and tangle with the with the oi polloi in the uh, YouTube comments if that's what you want to do. Jim, any other comments before we hit the good news here? Uh, well, he also mentions that Trump got the vaccine. He admitted it last night, he says. What? Really? Yes. Was that in the debate that, that I'm ignoring? Uh, maybe. It must be because nope, I ignored nope. it also. I saw yeah, nobody, com it, no, nobody commented on the debate today. That's interesting. I guess it must have been. Wait, did a debate happen last night? Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, 
my uh, uh, folks were watching it, and I saw it in the background. Was it and walked by, and I was like, "Yeah, I'm not gonna watch that." Watch so what, like half listening? I watched a few minutes of it. Was it was it the same bullshit? I mean, it was was it was it well, interesting? It was, I mean, with their mics muted, it was different than the first one. They were doing the mic muting thing, and it didn't seem to me like they were uh, doing near the name calling. I mean, they were doing name calling, but they were doing it in basically. It was a battle of them bashing each other. I'm gonna. I plan on putting up more right. stuff. Right. They, they both our, said each other was horrible. And they were both right. All right. So we did a three-hour show yesterday. We're we're gonna see if we can wrap this up with less than five minutes overtime today and do our promos real quick. So there it is. Merch. Get it. AdamVersusTheMan.com. By the way, check out the three-hour show yesterday. I thought it was really powerful. I I mean maybe that's me, but I I really thought yesterday's show was special. Um, sticking to our two-hour format. Uh, we have a very, very, very special show scheduled for Monday for our first day back on my YouTube channel. So please put it on your schedules. You're going to want to watch this one live. Uh, Monday will be here on time, I promise, 9 a.m. Um, I might even be wearing the full suit. We'll see. Suit and tie. Um, but, yeah, thank you for joining us. Uh, uh, cigar, uh, remember, Pitt, well, we covered the Producers Club. Uh, CigarFederation.com, promo code ADAM10, ADAM10, all caps, gets you 10% off. And don't forget to support our uh, debate manager, Mercedes Damrotowski, by getting involved at MakeThemDebate.com. So um, we have another thread here uh, in – uh-oh, Team and the Fed, my old seat joke. Uh-oh. All right. Anyway, uh, they're talking about Joe Jorgensen's uh, interview with Cavuto. All right, we're at five minutes. We're going to run through the good news and say goodbye to all you beautiful people. Happy 80th birthday to Pele, the former Brazilian professional footballer, widely regarded as the greatest player of all time and among the most popular athletes of the 20th century. This is good news in history for October 23rd from goodnewsnetwork.org. On this day in 1707, the first Parliament of Great Britain met, not good news, on this day in 1855, Kansas became a new state, set up a government, outlawing slavery in and of itself, good news, a no-slavery zone. Uh, in 19, on this day in 1915, 25,000 women marched in New York City to demand the right to vote, definitely good news. On this day in 1946, the UN General Assembly convened for the first time in New York. Eh, there's a lot of bad news associated with that, but overall, international dialogue, great news, yeah. Definitely. On the day in 1956, Hungarians rose in anti-Stalinist revolt, demanding an end to Soviet rule. On the day in 1973, a UN ceasefire ended the Yom Kippur War between Israel and Syria. On this day in 1998, Israel. Oh yeah, well, good news. And wars end. Good news. Yes, yes. Um, <laughs> on the day in 1998, Israelis and PLO leader Arafat signed a land for peace deal after talks at Y River. On the same 2001, the IRA commenced decommissioning weapons after peace talks. Sorry, this moved around on me. Uh, after peace talks spurred by U.S. President Bill Clinton reached an historic breakthrough. Great day for peace historically, right? On the, although I don't, I don't think we're going to have any landmarks this year. It's 2020 after all. On the same 2001, Apple released its first iPod, launching the digital music player revolution with iTunes before which people carry around Walkmans. 
which could play only a cassette tape with a single LP or mixtape. I remember that. I had a Walkman as a kid. Yeah, yeah. And on this day in 1850, the first National Women's Rights Convention in the U.S. opened in Worcester, spelled Worcester, Massachusetts, combining both male and female leadership and attracting a wide base of support, including temperance advocates and abolitionists. And that's our show for today. Thank you so much for joining us. I hope you had as much fun this week as I did. Again, Monday, 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 very special edition of this show when we get allowed back on YouTube. Be there. Oh, and tonight, tonight in at 5.30 p.m. Pacific time, I need to go make the graphic right now. I'm going to put it on social media so you guys see the reminder on Periscope. Slash at Periscope.com slash Adam Coach. We're doing Cigars and Sunsets with our co-host comment, Jim Freedom, and Peter Yapel. So hope you can join us for that. We cover the news. We do this fast, big stuff five days a week during you know, Monday through Friday in the mornings. But Friday evenings, we like to relax with a cigar, have a little more fun conversation. We call it an AMA, Cigars and Sunsets. So I hope you'll join us for that. That being said, peace and love, y'all. Choose happiness and be excellent. Thank <laughs> you.